Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today I am with Dr. Robert Ostroff. He is a clinical professor of psychiatry at the Yale University School of Medicine and the director of the Mood Disorders Unit. Dr. Ostroff, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, so uh, before we dive into a really unique topic today, the uh, the stigma of mental illnesses, can you give us a quick background on yourself? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm a practicing psychiatrist. I work at the Yale Psychiatric Hospital. I run an inpatient service that specializes in the treating of people with mood disorders and also what's called the Interventional Psychiatry Service, which does specialized interventions for treating people with serious psychiatric disorders. Interesting, interesting. Thank you, thank you. Um, so to start us off, when we think about the stigma of mental illnesses or the stigma of those that have psychiatric dis uh, disorders, uh, what is the stigma that we're talking about? In general, it's that people with psychiatric disorders are not suffering from illnesses in the way we think of other mental disorders, but these disorders are much more under the individual's control and much more volitional, which is misleading. It leads to the underfunding of research and treatment in people who are suffering from psychiatric disorders. And even the term mental illness is misleading because it uh, implies that it's a mental disease. In other words, a disease that is controlled by thinking. And if people just simply thought differently, they wouldn't have this disorder rather than a real physical illness like pneumonia or cancer. And what's interesting is that some of our psychiatric disorders have a higher mortality rate when they're not effectively treated uh, uh, than some of some of our cancers. And and the stigma is not just that people suffer from the prejudice against psychiatric disorders, but they really are costing people's lives, shortening people's lives, and decreasing the quality of life by not providing adequate treatment and adequate development of new treatments because of the underfunding of research in this area. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's really important to point out. And I'd never, I never thought about that. Uh, but sort of clarify, we have this issue of, of people thinking those with psychiatric disorders can just think themselves out of it. They're they can change their thoughts to be to be fine when a better mentality to have is that it is and and this is the case that it is like any other physical uh illness and that we need to treat it that way am i on the right path there yeah you're on the right path i i think if you look at depression as an example because i think that's a condition that has been increasingly less stigmatized. Uh, and if you think about how common it is in any given year, uh, one in 10 adults in America are suffering from an episode of, of major depressive disorder. And it's estimated that only 50% 
of those individuals ever get treated for the disorder. Of those 50%, probably only half of those get treated effectively because they're not going to somebody who's appropriately trained for the treatment. And if you look at the leading causes of death in uh, Western countries, Europe and the United States, uh, major depressive disorder is always in one of the top 10, is one of the top 10 causes of mortality on any given year uh, from early death suicides. And it's something that's still woefully undertreated. Hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's that's really valuable to point out and to know because I don't think we register that enough when we think about depression and uh, psychiatric disorders. Uh, you, you did bring up uh, clinical depression as one. I was curious what, um, if there's sort of different levels of stigma uh, with different psychiatric disorders that you've seen from your experience. Oh, oh absolutely. absolutely. I think if you went back 20 years ago, people were starting to say publicly that they had a substance abuse problem. So people were publicly acknowledging that they were they had alcoholism or they had some kind of drug problem, they were getting treated for it. Uh, it gradually became more in the mainstream that getting treated for substance abuse was not necessarily stigmatizing. If you look at the treatment programs, like if you look at Alcoholics Anonymous, people who were in the program and did well would publicly identify themselves as being an alcoholic. And it's really only been in about the last 15 years that people with depression have been speaking out. So you have more celebrities acknowledging that they've suffered from depression, more people uh, opening up about getting treated for it. And those are the kind of things that have helped with the stigma. I think Kitty Dukakis uh, has been in the forefront of this and William Styron uh, Sherwin Newland, they're all people who had a high degree of prominence who talked about their own episodes of severe depression and their need to get treated for it. And those are the kind of things that have helped decrease the stigma. Uh, but there's still not enough. Uh, there's not enough treatment available. There's not enough money for treatment. They're underfunded. The insurance companies discriminate against treating psychiatric disorders. Uh, there's been a movement towards parity with insurance companies where they're required to cover psychiatric disorders the same way they cover medical disorders. But that's only just now in the last couple of years starting to be more widespread in terms of the way reimbursement works. Typically, psychiatrists have been an underpaid, especially in medicine. If you look at positions for psychiatrists in the United States, it's estimated that for every three openings for a psychiatrist in the U.S., there are only two psychiatrists available to fill them. So there's this real dearth of adequately trained people, and that goes directly out of the stigma because it hasn't been a, a supported specialty to go into. That's changing now, but it's been we're talking about the last 20 years, it's just now starting to change. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, progress-wise, have we made significant progress? Only a little bit of progress. Where would you like to see, uh, where would you like to see the progress in the next 10, 15 years? 
Well, if I were, if I were a family member of somebody who was suffering from a severe psychiatric disorder, I would say we haven't made significant progress in terms of the effect of the stigma and that we're not yet funding treatment and funding research at the same level we fund other kinds of medical illnesses and other kinds of uh, research into into medical illnesses. I mean, if you look at, I'm not comparing the relative value, but if you look at uh, HIV, you look at AIDS, for example, this has been a field that's been heavily researched, heavily funded, widespread treatment is available, yet the number of deaths by suicide per year far outweigh the number of deaths from uh, AIDS in a given year. Uh, You can't really compare different diseases and say it's worth studying one more than the other, but it's really clear that uh, there's a tremendous cost of undertreating psychiatric disorders and underfunding it. And I think we're only just now in the last few years coming to grips with that by having laws now that require parity for covering mental health. But we're still way behind in terms of research dollars in terms of what's spent trying to understand these diseases and treat them. Interesting. Do you have, do you know exact numbers as to the disparities in, in funding and in research dollars compared to other uh, specialties and illnesses? No, on the top, on the top of my head. No, I'm sorry. No worries. I was, just, I was curious. And no, it's a good question. It's a good question. I don't want to, uh, give you the wrong numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. I'm sure, a Google search will bring up a few options. Uh, so I wanted to ask then, when we talk about solutions, you, you mentioned public awareness, people being aware of it and making a stand. What other solutions uh, can we do to help change this? Well, I think on an individual basis, it's recognizing that people who suffer from psychiatric disorders have not volunteered to suffer from psychiatric disorders, but it has to do with their biology and their genetics, uh, that they need to be treated not as if it's something to be ashamed of, but something that needs sympathy and support. Uh, The example I always use is the example of, of uh, sympathy funds that offices have where people take up collections to send flowers to people in the hospital or send food at home when people have been hospitalized. And my patients with psychiatric disorders who have psychiatric hosp- hospitalizations re- rarely get sent flowers. They rarely get sent a fruit basket, you know, which would be common if you went into the hospital to have your gallbladder out. But if you go into the hospital with severe depression that has caused you to lose 20 pounds and been unable to work for the last month, your coworkers are too embarrassed to acknowledge it. And those kind of things make a huge difference to people to know that there's some support uh, for them and know that they don't have anything to be ashamed of. Yeah, that's that's really good to hear. That's that's amazing. What? uh, People what? I was going to say, I, I, you know, I think where, where there is data is that there, there have been studies that show that 40% of people who don't seek help think that it's be, 
because they're going to lose their friends and lose their colleagues if they try to go get psychiatric help. Uh, almost half think that acknowledging that they have a psychiatric illness would limit their opportunities. People wouldn't want to hire them. Uh, it would affect their job prospects. Uh, it's uh, If you look at the leading cause of time off from work in the United States now, it's depression. Wow. Uh, I didn't know if, that. If you, look at the, if you look at the leading cause of people going to the doctors complaining of pain, the leading cause is osteoarthritis. The second cause is depression. People come with depression because they have back pain or headaches, body aches, uh, are all symptoms of depression. You know, part of it is that, that the names for some of our disorders like depression are misleading because people say they get depressed when the Yankees lose, or uh, some people might get depressed because the Yankees win. Uh, but it's not the same as having, you know, a serious psychiatric disorder like depression. Uh, when William Styron wrote about his own experiences with depression, he said that the, the best word to describe it probably would be brainstorm, but unfortunately that's already been co-opted to mean something else because it feels like there's a fire in your brain when you're suffering from severe depression. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, I, I, I have, I definitely relate with that there. That there's a fine line that, well, there's not a fine line that because there isn't a fine line is sort of why we have this, uh, this struggle. Uh, and that was some really valuable data that you brought up. So, uh, something I had watched one of your interviews in housing for, uh, psychiatric patients was mentioned multiple times. Uh, this was a couple of years ago, so I'm not sure where we're at now with, with uh, housing available for patients. Uh, where are we at in the realm oh, of that? Where, where, where we're at right now in the middle of the pandemic is the one of the enormous problems now is that ha it's estimated that 50% of people who are homeless are suffering from a severe psychiatric disorder. I see it every day in that on my inpatient unit, one of the biggest impediments to discharging people is that there's no safe place for them to go live. And if you don't want to discharge somebody who's been suffering from a serious mental illness to the street, often they have prolonged hospital stays because you can't get them adequate social support and adequate housing. And it's a, it's a nationwide problem. It may be better in some cities than others. It's certainly rampant on both coasts that it's hard to uh, know how to effectively treat people who are suffering from psychiatric disorders where you can't put them up in a safe place other than sleeping on a street corner or in an alley. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's sad to think about, uh, but I'm hopeful for the future and in yourself and others like you coming up with solutions to, to better help patients. So wonderful. Uh, Dr. Ostroff, thanks so much for your time. Uh, before, before we, we wrap up, are there any uh, last words of wisdom you'd like to give to anyone listening? I think the word there, I wouldn't call it words of wisdom. I think that when we think about having fundraisers for, uh, people with cancer or fundraisers for people with 
uh, MS. We also ought to acknowledge fundraisers for people who suffered from severe suicidal thoughts uh, and with the same kind of support. Uh, and, and we see this every day. People are very willing to come out and support cancer because everybody has a member in their family who has cancer. But if you think about mental illness, roughly uh, three in 20 people who are working age are affected by moderate or mild mental illness. One in 20 uh, have severe mental health conditions. So if you have family members, if you have more than 15 or 20 family members, at least one of your family members is going to have a psychiatric disorder that's debilitating and painful and we should stop stigmatizing our own family members and others and treat all of these individuals as if they're part of our family and i think that would make a difference in outcome because people would be more willing to go for treatment it would also make treatment more available and also hopefully lead to better funding for research for for uh, future studies and development of treatments that are more effective than the ones we have now. Absolutely. I, I love that. I love, I think that's a terrific message. Well, Dr. Ostroff, thanks so much for your time. Uh, have, have a great rest of your day. Sure. Thanks for inviting me. Take care.